Want to do the intro and get it done? I guess we do. I guess that's what we're going to do. All right. Ready speaks through action. <laughs> we have no time. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, presented by Masterclass. I'm Matt Donnelly, and today we're talking with the new host of Fool Us. That's right, we got Brooke Burt here, Brooke, Brooke, Brooke. coming in uh, live over over our live link here. Talk to us from, I've assumed, California. Yeah. She'll tell us. Where else would Brooke Burt yeah. be? Here she is. Here, she, here he is, preaching the love. Sure. sure. You can change my pronouns anytime you want. <laughs> i got to tell you a little bit about uh, Masterclass, just a little bit. They present Penn Sunday School. The reason we're able to do this it's because of Masterclass, but also we're wicked happy because they have a uh, really, really good product. Yes. You become a, you become a member of uh, Masterclass and you can learn all sorts of things. 183 different uh, classes. Classes, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. But we're going to tell you more about this later. But this holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Pen. pen. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Offer terms apply. And I'll tell you, they just announced Amy Poehler. Oh, really? In improv. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're going to love that. I am all You're going to absolutely love that. Yeah. Also, it's I can think of people that you wouldn't want to give this to for a holiday gift, <laughs> but it's hard to. Yeah. It's hard to. you got to really dig into the idiots in your life. And we're going to talk to uh, Brooke Burke. Before we talk to Brooke Burke, which yeah. is the exciting thing, I, uh, I I got back from Niagara. Niagara Falls. Niagara. Slowly I turn, <laughs> step by step, inch by inch. It was amazing. Out my window. I don't know if you know this. I'm a star. Yeah, yeah. So I had the, uh, the, the hotel we were at, which is Falls View Casino, which is a really nice casino. I had the big penthouse room. Teller was looking at the American Falls. I saw the Horseshoe, Canadian Falls. And they light them up all night, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And I was looking right out my window. Look out my window. I see the falls. It's really great. Then they gave, came, brought us. I, I never go out. You know what I mean? I, I know I'm just going to sit in the hotel and type. Yes. But the woman in charge of us was kind of nice. Yeah. And she offered us a special VIP tour of the uh, of the tunnel that goes in under the falls. Ooh. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm such a dick. I was going, it's less than an hour, right? From like when we leave the hotel, when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're going to take a van there and stuff. Yeah. There's no lines. Right. <laughs> I do all that, all that asshole stuff, right? And then, uh, so we show up and we take us into the Hamas tunnels. You know? <laughs> Are they connected? Yes. They connected to Hamas. It wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the primary tunnel. No, no, no. And you go out. It's you some see, of their finest work. <laughs> and you, they built the fucking tunnels. Here's the thing. They built the fucking tunnels in the early 1800s with dynamite and presumably like a spoon. Then how is this a new problem? <laughs> if been around for centuries. They did a beautiful job with these tunnels. Yeah. And uh, there's always a rainbow, perpetual rainbow yeah. at Niagara Falls. And there's all the honeymooning couples. And then there's uh, there's me. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I got a great shot. I will send you one for the, uh, for the uh, Patreon people. I'll send you a picture of me with a rainbow coming out my head. Oh, good. It's, good, um, good, good. Uh, in my, in my very, very cute little rain, in my little raincoat. Yeah. They give you a little poncho. A uh, big theater up there? Yeah. 5,000 seats. Wow. Yeah. We're playing 5,000 seats, both there and back in Windsor. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I know our friend Leon Etienne came and saw your show. Oh, did he like it? Yes. He had a great good, time. Good, good, came good, and saw good. He, he and Chelsea came out and saw your, uh, your show there. Good, good, good. Now is, uh, Brooke coming on or are we waiting for? Yeah. There's Brooke. There's Brooke. Hanging up. Hi. There you go. Is Look at you. Looking all beautiful. Hello. Hello. Well, can you see us too? I can see half of the noodler and half of my friend Penn. Okay, there you, go. <laughs> there you guys are. Okay. There we are. There we are. Yes, I miss you, boys. I know. Miss I know. you, too. Miss you, too. There What's you that? are. You've probably just been exercising for 40 hours, right? Oh, boys. You know, I just exercise and do lunges in the living room while Fulas is airing, while I'm doing magic tricks and working on sleight of hand. And I got to say, I'm getting really fucking good. You are? Really <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be proud of me. <laughs> How much do you exercise to look perfect all the time, Brooke? Well, I don't look perfect. I, well, you know, I teach classes, so that keeps me honest and holds me accountable probably five times a week. Five times a week for like an hour, right? Ish. I teach classes three times a week. And if I'm doing it on my own or doing it with friends, you know, maybe it's yeah an hour-ish, but it's like yoga. It's a flow, a meditation, a little bit of body sculpting. Body sculpting? What about what about you? You're so slim and lean and mean. Slim and mean. I, 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 uh, I work out. I try to do... 20 minutes, like five times a week. That's all you're going to get out of me. I did for a while. I did everything right. Like, you know, an hour and a half a day with like a serious trainer and stuff. And all of a sudden I was aware of the fact that I had stomach muscles and, you know, I, (laughs) it was, it was really, cause you know, they're, they're there. There are stomach muscles there. You just can't see them. That works. That works. I'm going to get you guys a little closer. Now, Now, when you say you teach classes, you have like online people that follow you? I have a Zoom class that I do every Friday. So it's super fun to open that up to the community. Then I teach kind of like a roundhouse, really cool, soulful Sunday in my backyard in Malibu. Really? Really? Sound bowls in the middle, um, a a very powerful meditation. A lot of it's a workout. Powerful meditation. What is that? Yes. Clarity, reset, time, stillness. And you must have just, it just must be MILF mania there, right? <laughs> now, is, is, it all, is it all second wives or third wives? No first wives allowed, right? Yeah, it's a sisterhood circle. No, some men, not very many men, boys. They're not good, good thinking, good thinking. But it's a great place to meet women. I mean, what, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to come to the sisterhood circle in my backyard in Malibu? Yeah, yes. I, would, I would talk about how deep a medit, how powerful. The yeah, meditation I say, boy, was. that meditation's powerful. Nice tits. That's what I would say. <laughs> Come on, guys. But you're like you're like Surf City. Two girls for every boy. It's like Jan, Jan and Dean Surf City. I know. I like it like that. <laughs> How does one get an invite to to go to uh, uh, your your Super Sunday powerful meditation getaway? Good question. You know, it's because it's at home. I don't open it up to the public, but it's kind of friends and family and friends of friends. So if you're a friend of a friend, 
you're allowed it. And then afterwards, <laughs> afterwards you have like eggs benedict and home fries. I don't feed them. I don't feed them. Oh. I don't feed them. Wow. I, don't feed them. I know. I mean, I, I get hit up for for entry to the Magic Castle. I can't imagine now what I'm going to hit up. Yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. How close yeah. do you live to Bob Dylan? That's what I care about. I don't know. He's in Malibu. It's the yeah. it's that the comes, yeah. it's the house with the. Uh, He's been coming to your meditation. You just don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> He's been there in the backyard. Is there a guy going? Ugh. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> Breathe out. Ooh. <laughs> Breathe in. Ooh. Where are you guys right now? Are you in Vegas? Yeah, yes, we're in Vegas. But have, have you? Uh, you've studied like uh, like exercise and meditation ever forever, right? I, I did. I mean, a lot of it's just like tried and true from history and from working with great people. I mean, I don't really believe that I need, you know, a government document of like certification for a lot of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. It's really experience. It's, um, you know, two decades of time working with some really great people. I choreograph a lot of the content. I do yoga. I do. I am a breathwork facilitator, so I do do that. And I think meditation, you make it up as you go. And it's just a moment to be still and find some clarity and calm down and turn off the big brain and tap inside and, you know, do some things that really matter. But I, I love doing that kind of work. I like to call it intentional fitness, really intentional wellness. Fitness is like a small, small piece of this much bigger picture of mindfulness. Yeah, I've been doing uh, I've been doing uh, meditation now. I guess uh, I haven't missed a day in like nine years, ten years, something like that. Really? Yeah my my oh. bu my buddy Sam Harris, you know, part of the 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 atheist squad, you know, Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris, uh, Dawkins, Dennett, those guys. Uh, Sam Harris just kept beating me up to say you've got to start doing meditation. So Sam Harris got me to do it. I only, only do like 10 minutes a day, but I try to do it all That's right. All it takes. I, I, I love that. I mean, it's definitely changed my life. And I think a lot of people are so stuck in the process of the meditation that it takes them out of the meditation because they're trying to quiet down the noise. They're worrying about thoughts. They're worrying about their breath. And I'm like, just lay down, find some stillness, steal some time, create a space wherever you live. And just take a moment to just chill out, whether you're walking, laying down, sitting up. I, for me, like I get all kinds of downloads when I do that. And it calms my, it calms the chaos in my brain down, yeah. right? Uh, Baba, Baba Ram Das uh, used to have an expression where he said, uh, don't just do something, sit there. And uh, yeah. doing is not doing. Yeah. <laughs> the art of doing nothing. No, I mean, that's the hard part, right? Now, the other thing that Sam Harris has been pushing is he really wants me to do psychedelics, and so does Joe Rogan. <laughs> they push. And so do I. You want me to do psychedelics? I think plant-based work, um, plant-based meditations, you know, microdosing in certain ways, I think could be really powerful. Um, I have a TP on property, and sometimes we do these nurture and nature retreats. A what on property? A TP. A TP. I have this giant TP, and then different tents and different modalities. We do a lot of nature i would say what do we call it it's kind of like a mindful nurture and nature experience where you're taken out of your norm and out of this corporate world and you're dropped into mother nature eating plant-based meals using the elements of nature senses sounds voices birds earth energy sun moon star. it's really really amazing to see what happens to i thought you were just listing nouns for a moment <laughs> <laughs> What uh, do some people microdose in your teepee? Well, 
I don't facilitate that kind of work, but I was suggesting. <laughs> I was suggesting <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. you don't have a whole little Sunday thing tripping balls with Brooke. Microdosing of mushrooms helps people get really creative and turn down the thinking part of their brain. There's a ton of studies on that happening right now. Yeah. Small doses. I, I actually think it really helps people drop into their body and heart space a bit quicker. Um, highly intellectual people have a hard time getting out of their own way to do more soulful type of work. And um, dumb people too. Yeah, and dumb people too. Not just intellectual people. Dumb people need that too. Yeah. I, 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 I've not done, I've done psychedelic stuff probably 10 times in my life. There's no urge to do it. And I've, I've enjoyed the times that I have done it. I don't know. Maybe I'll wait, wait till I turn 70 and then start. 70 is a great time to just kick it up. I mean, you start playing bass at what age? I started playing bass at forty-five. Yeah, and uh, now are you uh, are you uh, are you totally uh, plant-based in your diet? I'm not. I eat mostly plant-based. Are, are you still? You're. You're. I'm you totally plant-based. Yeah, I don't totally. think I've had a an animal product for probably uh, eight years. I mean, that's probably not true. Probably someone snuck butter on something sometime, but haven't knowingly. I've been I've been I've been very careful for uh That's for a real about, for that's about a years. Real I, I'm always so impressed with people that do that. I'm doing my next retreat actually January second in Costa Rica at one of the blue zones. So we oh, will yeah. go most oh, yeah. we will drop into the power of community. Um I'm really obsessed with this living to be a hundred and beyond this whole centurion. It's you know, the Netflix show. Yeah. Is really I I love it. I mean I haven't watched the Netflix show, but I, I read the book. Yeah, I mean, quality of life, how we connect, uh, movement, mobility. It's not just fitness and working out, right? And it's how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves, how we move through the mm -hmm. world. But this plant-based, I, I, I like it. I like it. I feel really good when I, when I treat my body like that. Well, I became plant-based because I read a, uh, read a study, a very important study, that said oh. the only people more hated in the United States than atheists were vegans. <laughs> Did you <laughs> Did you know that? I, I I'm not. I did not know it, and I'm not surprised by it. Because speaking speaking for myself, we're so fucking annoying. That's why it is like it's it's similar to, to the people find it to be an attack on their lifestyle, yeah, no matter what, right? Because because nobody, if you took anybody to a what's called a farm, but is actually it's not even a factory farm, yeah. it's just a factory. If you took anyone there. I defy anyone to eat a Kentucky fried chicken while at one of the places where it's produced. Right. Yeah. Everybody feels guilty. Everybody feels terrible. Yeah. So as soon as you say you're a vegan, they, they get nervous. Same as being an atheist. Everybody knows there's no God. Same as everybody. And you know, uh, uh, as a teetotaler that that happens there. Oh yeah. You say you don't drink and then people just tell you why they do drink, how often they drink and why it's okay for Yeah, why it's okay. Drink. Why they need a little bit of red wine. And you're like, I didn't ask you a shit. Yeah, we don't care. I'm just not, <laughs> my activity is not yeah. It's a non-activity. All my activities are non-activities. I don't eat animal products. That's not eating. I don't believe in God. That's not faith. You yes. know, and I don't drink. Yeah. It's not no all non-activities. But uh you know, I it'll be a big step if I do psychedelics. You know, Joe Rogan pushes the box of them toward me when I'm on his show. <laughs> you know, he is uh, uh Joe Rogan makes no secret of the fact that he's using peer pressure. 
You yes. know, he's the person that your parents did not want you to be around. It's multiple now, levels of peer pressure. Now I'm, now I'm in my 60s, yeah. and I still got this same dick going, go ahead, try it, man. It'll be great. Everybody's doing it. We all like it. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, and while while on his radio show. Yeah. Uh, his, oh, his podcast. There's, the, there's these little shots. There, um, You can get them on Amazon, so it's there's uh, mushrooms in them, but it's not like a plant-based, you know, trip factor at all but they're really getting a lot of attention right now and i think joe rogan did something on them it's called magic mind and they've got um what is the word for it i'm gonna look it up right now but it's like a little shot and the, and it's kind of like a productivity shot not alcohol based mm-hmm. and a legal amount that you can buy them um you can buy them on amazon buy them in shot I, form. I think i saw <laughs> yeah it's like a anything you can buy in shot form is good for you <laughs> <laughs> like those little energy boosts that they have at every truck stop. Yeah. It's got to be good. For They're you. really good for you. I write to Joe and I say, he says, how are you? I say, well, I had a little bit of a cough. He says, go get a transfusion. You know, it's- <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe likes all that. He's stuff. relentless. Yeah. Relentless. But, uh, so it'll be a big deal for me, you know, because I've never had a sip of alcohol. I never had a puff of marijuana. I've never done any recreational drugs. Now I've been in the hospital and they gave me morphine and I'm not saying I didn't like it, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just saying that, uh, recreationally, I've never done any substance like that. You against it for a particular reason? No, it's just, I think I'm from a long line of teetotalers and every study will tell you it goes right back to your parents. If you live in a house with no alcohol and stuff. And so I was a, uh, uh, a hardcore hippie and I was around all the druggies and they were doing, you know, acid and heroin and everything else. You know, this was the seventies um, and people were on every drug in the world. And uh, I just, I just didn't, it was just uh, part of my, um, part of my image. I mean, momentum is incredibly powerful. You know, it's not even a, really a decision anymore. It's just, it never crosses my mind, you know, whereas the people I know who did use a lot of substances yeah. and they're now been sober for years, they still think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Brooke, you, you were drunk through every taping of Fool Us, right? You were, you were hammered. Yeah. Now I'm feeling really bad about myself. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Vegas with you guys and working on that show and doing two shows a day. I and in Vegas can be hard on you. I felt so great and so healthy because it was like sleep, repeat. You're drinking a ton of water. You're really focused on the work. I was going to bed early because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of energy and time left in the day to do other things while there because our, our schedule was so demanding. But I felt great in that lifestyle, um, being super mindful of all of those choices because when you're in work mode. And in the, there was one less decision that I needed to make when I would just order in my lunch. Do you know what I mean? I would order in my dinner. Right. <laughs> we wrap the show. I would drink 10 bottles of water because it was so freaking dry. Go to bed, yes. sleep, and get up and do it again. It was, it was like an amazing, an amazing. Well, a lot of people come to Vegas to focus on health. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a contrast to what you would think. But you were... You know? I'm surprised you were drinking so much water because you were in an outfit that made it impossible to pee. <laughs> so I didn't pee, held the bladder. You saw trying to get in and out of that, that little jumpsuit. Yeah. I wish what I'd seen more of you getting in and out of it, but 
<laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was spray adhesive. Was what you were wearing, right? Yeah, yeah. Just body paint yeah. every morning. <laughs> so we took your magic virginity the uh, the year of uh, of fool us. Were you starting to get hip to what they were doing? I. <sighs> you saw eighty magic tricks from the side. <laughs> That's what you did. You saw any magic tricks from the side. I have to really hand it to them because these talented magicians were so good at what they were doing that even as close as I was, I could not figure it out. And that was part of the joy that I think I had on the show. And then you speak in code, Pen, anyway, which makes no <laughs> sense to me or anybody. And then I would, I would drill Matt backstage because you guys have this community and this agreement with each other, I suppose, where people like me. Well, no... We could be bought. It's not so much. It's not so much a community, Brooke. It's that Matt really doesn't like you. <laughs> I thought there's a lot of this, the other direction that joke goes. Is Matt really doesn't know what he's doing. Was the other one that it would also delivery on your writing. So if you don't like me, that could potentially become a real problem for you because <laughs> no one tell her she has the ability to object to any line that I write. <laughs> I will say I, I have developed a such a deep curiosity and I always had a love of magic, but I understand how, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, you became a magician after working on the show because you enjoyed that experience, right? It makes me yes. want to study magic and learn, not just because I want to know what the hell you're saying. If I was a magician, <laughs> I would know what you're saying, you see, and I would be a better host on a magic show. But no, honestly, I'm I'm so curious and I... I just think it's so hip and cool and I want to go to an event or to a party and have like a magic trick up my sleeve. That's actually an epic trick. I think that's really, I think, I mean, you got to have a joke, right? You said you got to have a joke and you got to have a magic trick. You should see uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum has one magic trick he could do. And if you're around Jeff Goldblum for 15 minutes, he's done it twice. <laughs> so all I would say, Brooke, is learn at least two magic tricks. I'm going to need a variety. You know what I started watching, actually, with the kids? I started watching Delt. Oh, that's the uh, documentary. Oh, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Turner. Yeah, Richard Turner. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, I can, let, cool. You, I can let you in on his secret. <laughs> Not blind. Not blind at all. Eagle-eyed. Stop. Don't burst my bubble. It's all... See, it's... No, uh, I... But I do want to work on this light of hand, and I do want to learn... I do want to learn how to handle cards and how to do it in a very fine way. I do. Well, we, if we do another season, which we are the most popular show on CW, so that doesn't seem that unlikely. And everybody says, by the way, Brooke, everybody says that this was the best season we've done. And nothing changed uh, except you, baby. Nothing changed uh, except you. So um, when they say the best season we've ever done, they mean that's how good Brooke is. But if we do another season, um, you you said to me uh, that you were very, very flexible. And then I was so disappointed you didn't mean morally. Um <laughs> That was that was a heartbreak for me. No, we did. We were doing an illusion. You guys did an illusion in the yeah. season. It hasn't aired yet. But as soon as you saw the illusion uh, person come out of the rig, you're like, I could fit in there. Yeah. I could do that. So I'll tell you, if there's another season, we're going to be shoving your beautiful ass into tight spaces. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Let's let's do Someone it. Someone that does yoga all the time is in perfect shape. Why don't we put you in horrible things? I am your homegirl, okay? 
We're all, you know, if we if we do another season, which you know we're we're hopeful of, and we also it's, it's not unusual that we don't know yet. We usually don't find yeah, out. We don't until, know. Uh, is that oh, this is normal? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very normal. They uh, what they want to do is if they can um, destroy as much <laughs> of our touring as we're going to pay. They feel like in the universe we don't make it. No, they really will. They won't tell us. So we leave blocks of time open when we're not touring. And by the way, we make all our money touring. <laughs> <laughs> So they, it's, it's their, it's their, it's Power their grab. plan to do that. It's their plan to do that. But it's been, it was such a, such a joy. And also you had the, um, at least everybody I talked to says is the best moment ever on Fool Us. You were, you were there with Moxie. I know that was amazing. It was, there were so many surprises. I mean, to pull that off, to pull a fast one off on you, to lie for months. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, to pull it off, you were some. You were you're somebody's daughter. How much did you lie to your father? It was very natural, wasn't it? I didn't get. Yeah, yes, it was. I didn't get away with it. <laughs> I think the punishment on my end would have been severe. But no, it, it was such a family affair. I mean, that was a part of the beauty on the show. My daughter was on production. My daughter Sierra had an opportunity to work with you and tell her that hasn't yep. aired yet. Well, that hasn't aired yet. Oh, Teller just Teller just finished the final edit on it and said it came out great. Okay. And just like a total family affair. And you know, for Friday nights for people to be able to sit at home with their kids. I've I've I have received such great feedback and so many people from all different walks of life tuning into the show for escapism, for fun, for laughter, for wonder, like families. There aren't a lot of shows that you can really sit down and watch as a so. yeah, it's it is amazing. So many people say they watch it with their families. And I don't hear that about many other shows. I know. I know. I watch it with my family. Yeah. 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 And I'm going to come and see you, Matt, at the Magic Castle, too. So yes. I'm there January 8th through the 14th. I'll be out there. Yeah. January so, 8th the 14th? Yeah. Okay. You're going to be... Uh, so I'll, I'll make sure you get... you you're, you Make sure you get in there, no problem. Although now, I'm sure you have higher connections than me to get in the Magic Castle. Now, have you been yeah. to the... All you got to do is invite Erica Larson to your backstage Malibu thing, <laughs> your backyard Malibu thing, and you'll be you'll be a lifetime member. But have you been to the Magic Castle before? I, I long ago. It's been It's been a long time. And if you need me, Matt, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> You played a role in my trick, which you won't reveal, but I'll be doing that trick there, so you can play. You can play the same role there if you want. <laughs> um, how's Teller doing? He's doing very, very well. We are now. Uh, it is unlikely we'll live into 2024 because we are doing a USO tour. You are, yeah. Oh, in the end of in the end of the year, we are doing um, England, Poland, Romania, and uh, Nuremberg. Plus, some place they can't tell us. <laughs> this December. Wow, you guys don't stop. So we're going to a USO tour. Yeah. And I looked at the schedule. It'd be and so said, funny if the undisclosed location is Toronto. Yeah. Or just, you know, <laughs> I can't tell you. But a friend of mine said, you'll be the first person I know personally who's been in the Hamas tunnels. <laughs> so um, there's a country person. There's a football player, uh-huh. there's an actor, and there's us. And there was uh, a woman going who was in like the Bob Hope, Joey Heatherton role. Yeah. But she uh, she pulled out. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe it's the undisclosed location thing? Probably read the schedule. 
<laughs> she probably read the news. Yeah. That's so cool that you're doing that. I mean, you guys make people smile. You make them laugh. And it's just a lot of joy. You're so used to doing this, you guys. But to be on the other side of magic and to experience it and to watch it and feel it, it it's – I don't know if you can appreciate it the way that the rest of us do. It, it really is a sense of wonder. And that's really cool that you're doing that. I love that. Yeah, we're doing it uh, – we're working mostly – in airplane hangers and uh it's for people who uh can't get home for christmas mostly. right so uh oh you don't get to see your family but hey there's two goofball fuck magicians <laughs> that's an even trade isn't it isn't it an even trade you don't you don't get to see your wife or your girlfriend you don't get to go home, see your children, but look, the cups and balls. Yippee! You can't reunite with your most desired loved ones, but you can reunite with a card you selected just moments ago. <laughs> Is this your card? <laughs> Never mind what your children are doing opening presents on Christmas morning. Is this your card? Answer me, goddammit! <laughs> You're defending our country, but we're making blood come out of a poster that we're carving with a knife. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, USO like flight jackets. Oh, that's awesome! That go over our suits. I've actually always wanted to do a USO tour. I think it's the, one of the coolest things. I think I think uh, there are so many Americans living all over the place. And they say they said this to us, which I thought was nutty. You'll have Wi-Fi on the plane at the admiral's discretion. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, it's one of the joint chiefs of staff, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, uh, I guess if he just says, uh, uh, "Pen, how long have you been on Pornhub?" Sorry, <laughs> click. <laughs> but admiral, but admiral, it was just getting good. It was going to be a triple. No, you're done, Pen. Someone just rang the doorbell. Yeah, it's. He's delivering a pizza, and she has no way to pay him. <laughs> please, Admiral, please. <laughs> it's oh. the neighbor's wife, and she's taking a shower. No, I'm sorry, Ben. You're done. No, I guess if he needs to make a phone call, yeah, they have to take all the bandwidth and give it to the Admiral. Okay. So, I don't know. Okay. I guess we'll be, we'll be, I'm with a country guy, and I don't know what a football, when we're going to do magic tricks. Yeah. And I know that the country singer will sing. What does the football player do? Is the tour level in December, and will you be home for the holidays? Oh, we're going to be home right in time for the holidays. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's just we we fly. You know those airplanes you see? Yeah. That have like tanks coming out of the back of them. That's yeah. that's the size airplane we're in. Oh man, with eight of us. Oh, because do you take stuff with you? Like, do you take rigs, or you guys have everything just on your pockets? Uh, we, we, there's no, there's no flies. There's no wings. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we're working for 50 people. Got it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's just, uh, and then in Nuremberg, I, it's, it's bigger, but like 500 or something. I like the football player is going to take Q and a, that's what he's going to do. He's going to take Q and a, yeah. it's going to be a quarterback uh, and he's going to talk about all the things he has to consider on a play. And, and, and it's going to be fascinating to the soldiers for like two seconds. And then they're going to realize, wait, we do the same decision making, but with much higher stakes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing uh, USO. What are you going to do over the holidays? You working? 
I am going to slow down a little bit. Finally, home stretch of this year. I'm going to um, be home with the kids. Um, maybe spend a little bit of time with my mom and my um, sisters in Arizona. But I kind of like December at home, just to slow down and you know get ready for the beginning of a of a new year. So really? you I like rather, a little. You wouldn't rather be in I Romania. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I would have come along. I would have come along. No, I think I- I will tell you, Brooke, I, I absolutely, <laughs> sincerely, you really took a show that had been around for uh, 10 years, and uh, you just breathed a whole new life into it. And the thing I think I'm most impressed with you, uh, and it's, it's that's a hard list because there's so many things, but uh, we used to always, uh, when uh, when we were figuring out the tricks, you know, you do the interview with the magician. And I was so impressed that almost every time uh, you were going right up into the wire and longer because it almost seemed like you liked talking to people. <laughs> and uh, that was just wonderful, wonderful. I really appreciate that. But I mean, I, I, I'm not making it up. Like, I enjoyed it. I was curious. I wanted to learn. I wanted to know more. Hopefully, I'm going to work out a magic trick of my own and bring it back to you if we get another season. I had fun. I laughed. You confused the shit out of me. You, you, I just, I, all of the elements that make for an exciting watch, we, I think we really delivered. And I hope we get another chance because I really had an amazing time. And, and I want to stick your ass in the box. I want to stick your ass in the box. Yeah. Let's do something you've never done before. Yeah, we'll have to do that. So thank you so much, Brooke. You're running out of recording space. You have a busy, busy thing to do. you got to go in your backyard with a bunch of second wives and do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Not an easy thing to do. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. We love you. We love you, Brooke. We love you. Love you, too. Have a great, great trip, and I'll see you when you get back. Okay. Matt, don't forget to give me a heads up when you're in town. Penn, have an awesome trip. Give Teller a big hug for me. I, High five, whatever. Not you I'm not going to do that, but I'll say I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't touch Teller. That's one of the rules. <laughs> so long, Brooke. So long. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye, Brooke. Well, there we go. That was Brooke. Burke. Brooke. Burke. 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 We want to remind people that yeah. we are here by the gracious gracious support of masterclass that's right i'm so glad that we're not presented by masterclass because they're just a good good organization masterclass makes a uh, meaningful gift for the season anyone on your list yes i mean you can probably work and think of someone it was right for but it's hard both you can learn from the best to become your best from leadership to effective communication to cooking uh, and you just said who they just had yeah. amy poehler is going to be doing one on improv i'm telling you right now Greatest advisor I've ever seen, and and that's worth the, that's worth the whole membership. Yeah, and you get everybody. You get a hundred. I guess it's eighty four now, right? Yeah, yeah. Hundred eighty four. Yeah. Uh, Hundred eighty four instructors. You get all your uh, your classes. I got to tell you, the instructors are so fabulous. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. You got uh, you got. Uh, I always say the same ones, but they're so amazing. You know, Steve Martin. Yeah. Ron Howard. Yeah. You know, uh, astronauts. Yes. Real football players. You got any ones you've been watching lately there, Ready Rich? LeVar Burton. Oh, does he teach you how to read? He teaches uh, the art of storytelling. The art of- Wow. Wow. That sounds great. Wow. 
he, he knows how. I just saw LeVar Burton. He didn't teach me anything about storytelling there. Uh, but I guess he's given lessons here in classes. <laughs> he and tells what, a story about working on roots and dealing with one of the stunt guys. He was very eager to do stunts. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to the day to do it, he didn't trust the guy because he had no experience with him mm -hmm. and everything read wrong. And so they rescheduled him to work with the guy for a couple of days later and made all the shots work. And the part that I pulled away was, he's basically talking about trust fall, but I've never heard trust fall set up in the way that it's normally taught as, this is what you need for good acting. Right. Mm -hmm. But framing it in, people will not believe your stories unless they trust you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, part of storytelling different is- relationship, yeah, yeah. Help me out with a chapter in the book that I'm working on. Oh, good, good, good. And that's the thing about masterclass. You always learn things. You know, lifelong learning- yeah. is what matters, and uh, interdisciplinary. You know, you want to be very Catholic about it. Yeah. You want to just uh, pull all sorts of sources. The more you know, the better. And we, I should say, we do a very good master class. It's incredible. We do a very good master class. It's an annual membership. You get a membership to every one of their classes. They're beautifully produced. They're beautifully done. You can do them at any platform, 11 categories, more than 180 instructors, it's really, really good stuff that helps you with lifelong learning. And I can't imagine anybody not thanking you like a freak if you get this in this holiday oh, yeah. season. They just absolutely love it. This holiday season, give one annual membership. Get one free at masterclass.com slash pen. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Offer terms apply. I was doing a strolling magic at a live event. Someone sarcastically goes, uh, after I did the card trick, said, well, do something with this waffle. I said, all right, break me off a piece of that waffle. They hand it to me and made it disappear, shook both my hands empty, and they literally were shocked. And that is the first lesson on the Penn and Teller master, master class. All right. <laughs> it is lesson one. Lesson one. Right there, you're covered. If you're ever doing F1, phew. Okay. So that was Brooke. Yeah. Boy, you know, I, uh, uh, I've i said this before, and I've said this right to Brooke, so it's not, uh, it's not in any way unpleasant. I've said it before, but I had no input in picking Brooke yes. to do that. Yeah. I had no input, and you know I was not happy about that. No, you, you would like I, input on your show. I went in with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I was planning on not liking Brooke. Yep. That was my plan. And uh, it, uh, she totally, uh, totally charmed me. Yeah. Uh, not only, I mean, that's not fair to Brooke uh, because you want to say that Brooke is attractive and you want to say that Brooke is charming, but Brooke also works her ass off. Yes. She put so much time into doing as good a job as she could. Yeah. And that's something that um, I, I worry that that gets forgotten. I just watched a. Um, desk concert, you know, oh, yeah, NPR yeah. desk concert with Taylor Swift. Ah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so clear that you tend to want to talk about talent, you know? Yes. A uh, beautiful voice and a uh, musical sense that's beautiful and a way with words. And also, she works her ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all these people who are so talented, whether it's Taylor Swift or Bob Dylan, they work their asses off. Yes. You know? And I like that Brooke does that. So we're going to go to Brooke's house in Malibu for nude yoga. Yeah, yeah. I will guarantee you, there's there's no first wives there. No, I it's don't, second, I don't think third, so. or fourth wives entirely. Don't you think? 
I, if there is a flexibility test before I can arrive, then I will not be able to <laughs> enter that domain. Yeah, I don't think either one of us can get their fucking teepee. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. Wouldn't fit in the teepee. I don't think whatever the whatever the flap ratio is. <laughs> I don't think it's for us to squeeze in there at all. We've just just a bunch of uh, bunch of milfs yeah. tripping balls at a teepee in the back of the yard of Balibu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. That sounds like a dream. But uh, it's a dream that will never come true. I don't I think, think I already downloaded it. <laughs> <laughs> that was Penn Sunday School. Yeah, but yeah, she actually she keeps that's she keeps wanting to come um, come to the Magic Castle. She says she wants to come out for it. Good, so that'll be fun. And and Foolis is doing very. You know, it is the top rated show. Yes, on it's really funny. But we were on uh, when I was doing Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, right. Um, I think I've told this before. It makes me laugh so much because every time I say we're the top rated show on CW, I feel in my heart that I'm lying. Yes. Uh, because uh, I was with Trace Atkins, me and Donald Trump. And the three of us had to do this press thing yeah. over the phone. So the press agent came in and said, listen, guys, don't mention ratings because we're not uh, the top rated show. And the ratings were a little, uh, a little soft last week. So just don't mention it to the press. Stay with how excited you are with the show and do all that. Do you understand that, Penn? Yes. You understand that, Trace? Yes. You understand that, Mr. Trump? Yes. Okay, we go on. First thing Donald Trump says is, we're the top-rated show. The top-rated show. So every time, because I was just gobsmacked, I... I, I mean, I've seen other people lie, right? Yeah. You see people lie. I mean, I do magic. I lie. Right. You know? But that kind of thing where, keep in mind, we're not the top-rated show. Hi, we're the top-rated show. What the? You know? Bizarre. And I guess, I mean, this is, <laughs> I'm telling this story of someone lying where there's no stakes whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm appalled. And meanwhile, that same person is lying where the entire world is at stake. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very, very goofy. But we are the top-rated show, and I think that uh, uh, everybody – people have told you it's the best season? People have been really enjoying it. Yeah, just, I'm just super complimentary without rank, but just simply saying they're mm -hmm. loving the show. Love that the studio audience is back. Love Brooke Burke, and then the <laughs> acts have been really fantastic, and it's just been great. A lot of people talking about how they were crying openly uh, with with Mox's appearance yeah. on, the, on the show. Yeah. Uh, so all that stuff, just getting a lot of cool. And, uh, you were here for the F1. I was. Now I have yeah. a friend who's, uh, who's really fucking rich. Ah. I mean, crazy rich. Yeah. I mean, stupid rich. I mean, go to space rich. Okay. That level of rich. Yeah. So she went to F1. Yeah. And she went the highest level you can go to F1. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the best hotel, best everything, and the best seats. Yes. And I said, how was F1? She said, Phew. It is the strangest thing. That's it. She said that was all there was. Yes. Because if you pay a lot of money to go to the World Cup, you pay a lot of money to go to the Super Bowl, you can watch the event in its entirety. Mm -hmm. When you pay a lot of money to watch uh, F1, unless that seat includes a helicopter, <laughs> which I think it did for some people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause there was a, cause my station was by the helicopter landing pad oh, I see. and some, when I walked by, they're like, Oh, it's that, that's where helicopters land. And I was like, Oh fun. I wonder how often that'll happen. Often. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of helicopters landing a lot of helicopters. while I'm trying to 
talk to my babysitter and things like that. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and we have to say, so sorry, it's a helicopter. <laughs> I'm in gnaw. <laughs> I'm doing close-up magic in Afghanistan. But yeah, I was there the whole time. And, and even then, I, I, you know, I, by the end, I was really kind of into it because I was around all of all the stuff and all the events and everything. And, and same thing. I had this pass where I could go watch the race. But I tried to go to this like fancy place because my pass was letting me in uh, everywhere. So that was pretty fun. And then uh, they said, oh, actually, for the race, you need a, a, an, ad- an additional credential. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go home. So I went home. So wait, wait, you could go anywhere you wanted as long as it wasn't where the race was going. As long as it wasn't while the race was going on. I see. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so th- that uh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there when there's no race. I was out in front of Margaritaville. <laughs> I've stood there with no race. I didn't need a fucking pass. No, no, no. no. Uh, I pay for valet parking, but I need a pass. No, but I went home and, and my uh, my son stayed up and he wanted to watch it. And so I stayed up with my son and we watched the race. It was our first F1 race together. On TV? Uh, yeah. And the announcers did a great job of cluing in people who were clearly watching it for the first time. Uh-huh. And uh, we really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Did you see any F1 car go by on an F1 race at any time yes, during your I was job? there for a lot of the time trials. Uh-huh. Weirder was after one of the time trials on the second day was all of a sudden there were a bunch of... Very nice, but regular cars, not race cars. It's like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, uh, Mercedes, a lot of these fancy McLarens, a lot of very fancy cars driving their ass off on that on that racetrack, zooming around the track and having to pull over and pit because the tire rubber gets so hot on the track. That's why they use those thick tires in F1. So they're blowing it off with like a leaf blower to cool down their tires so the tires don't explode on the track because they're going so fast on it. It, that's when like, you go like over 200 or something? Yeah, yeah. So these are people driving their private cars? That's what I couldn't figure out. Who were these people and what's the privilege? All of a sudden you turn to Jerry Seinfeld. Who, Who are, are these, these driving people? people? They have these fancy cars. They got to pull over for the leaf blower. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Seinfeld was probably one of them. He might have been. He might have been. <laughs> but I just was like, that was a weird thing. That like It's not an announced event and no one knows what's going on, but that track right now is just being accessed by very rich people with very nice cars. And they just go as fast as they want. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I mean, it is very no, I was much. With, I was with Dickie Smothers oh, in yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls, which is amazing. I talked to Dickie for about two hours. You love the Smothers Brothers. Oh, fuck. Do I love the Smothers Brothers? Yeah. And he's moved to Niagara Falls with his fourth wife. His third wife is in. Uh, Malibu doing yoga with yeah, Brooke. Yeah. And he, uh, he now lives in Niagara Falls. Yeah. And. Uh, Dickie was in a very, very talkative mood. So I just sat there backstage after our show and listened to Dickie Smothers tell stories. Oh. And uh, I was just, I was just, I think a lot of times when I'm around people, especially um, uh, people that I idolize, I tend to want to make a good impression. But I haven't known Dickie well, but I've known him for, Many years. You've worked with them now and again. Yeah, yeah. And so I was sitting with him at a table, you know, with a bottle of Pellegrino after my show. And we were in this green room. And he was just talking. I was just staring into his eyes, going, how much of who I am was created by this guy? Oh, fascinating. You know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, he was talking about Tommy and his, you know watching his eyes tear up at that partnership. It was really weird because there was me and Teller 
and Dickie Smothers and John Wee from the Passing Zone. Oh wow! So every comedy team working now was represented. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, Journey was there. Do you know Journey? Uh, she runs the uh, comedy museum. It's in like Jamestown, New York or something. Yes. Lucille Ball's hometown. Yeah, yeah. They, and she, they recently added the um, uh, Rolodex of Joan Rivers. Yes. Joan she was talking She was talking about that. Before Dickie came in, she was talking about how they had the-, the I want to see well, that the, so the, the, Not the Rolodex, the file. File, via file, file cabinet, sorry. Yeah, which is- It's a index cards with jokes on it, all done in alphabetical order. But the number is topics. really funny. It's 45,000, I think. Jokes. 45,000 jokes, yeah, all yeah. typewritten- all broken down and cross-referenced. Yeah. It's like a giggly Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> uh, and uh, so Journey was there. And I'd never met Journey before. She's wonderful. Glenn was there working, going, um, should be a special exhibit at the uh, museum about uh, comedy magicians. Uh, <laughs> don't you think? Don't you think it should be a special? Because he's a huge, amazing Jonathan fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I was talking to uh, Dickie Smothers, and he was talking about uh, still, you know, one of the weirdest things in political and showbiz history yeah. is the Smothers Brothers. I want to say most popular show on TV, but I'm afraid of that now because of Trump. But with very, very high ratings. You know this, right? Yeah, they were they were huge impact. Very high ratings. Yeah, and you know that uh, they were very anti-Vietnam, right? And that Nixon. Uh, just called up the head of CBS and said, take that show off the air. Yeah. So they were fired at their peak. By the president. By the, the president United of the United States. States. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that seems like Bush League compared to what's going on now. <laughs> right. You know, you look back at what Nixon was doing and they go, oh, he hired some guys to break into a psychiatrist's office. Then he lied about that afterwards. Or, or a Supreme Court passed on the case because they didn't want to get into the political thicket. Yeah. <laughs> That used to happen all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just, just, just crazy. You mean he didn't say that someone in the government that disagreed with him should be beheaded? Yeah. Yeah. Nixon just is like, oh, we consider him a bad guy now? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so weird to talk to, to Dickie about how, um, how that felt from the inside. You know, um, the only reason they had this Mother's Brothers comedy hour on yeah the only reason was they had a show that was tanking they needed to fill someone in quickly they had just had a sitcom that did not do well they were still very popular live right they were kind of looking for a place for them so they had told carol burnett anytime you want a show you can have one on on cbs and you know whatever it was sunday night slot uh, they were Sunday night opposite Bonanza, I think. Sunday night slot. Uh, you can just have that. And while Carol Burnett was thinking about it, the Smothers Brothers signed. And they were, Smothers Brothers, not their second choice. Carol Burnett was their first. Smothers Brothers was way down the list. Right. But they just signed. They just said yes. So Carol Burnett came in a week later and said, yeah, I'll take that slot. And they already had the Smothers Brothers. And they considered them to be a placeholder for five shows. So they got rid of them and brought in an act that could really do that slot. Wow. So what that meant was nobody was watching them. Nobody was watching them. So they hired a huge number of writers 
that CBS would never consider. Steve Martin, Bob Einstein, Mason Williams. Holy cow. <laughs> they hired the people that they knew from their Purple Onion days, yeah. who they thought were David Steinberg, Pat Paulson. They hired this group of people who would have never made it by anybody if anybody gave a fuck. Right. But nobody gave a fuck. And then they were very open to the people they were talking to. Tommy, uh, who Dickie gives, of course, all the credit to, uh, humbly, because it wasn't just Tommy. Well, of course. It was also yeah, yeah, Dickie. Yeah, yeah. But Tommy was so charismatic and so open to everybody. And his political views were changing quickly. And Pat Paulson, this little incub incubator, and all of a sudden they had one of the most popular shows on TV. And... Nobody was paying attention. Yeah. And by the time they were paying attention, they had a winning formula. And they kept bringing on, they said they would just keep bringing people into the Writers Guild who had never had a network job before. Wow. You know, like Steve Martin, all these people. They just, and uh, what's her name? The woman that played the, the hippie chick and all those. They were just bringing them in. And then they had, you know, the Beatles dropping by. You know, and uh, and the Who doing that incredible performance, right? And just all going on and on and on, and it was all just perfect. They were working their asses off, doing these great shows, watching the ratings, and then fired. So if anybody understands how weird life could be, it's Dickie Smothers. Yes, <laughs> and how unfair show business is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfair. They should have never been on. Right. And they should have never been taken off. Yeah. It's a it's a very it's a very nutty combination. That must have been so incredible to sit well, back you know, there. There's a lot of people. You know, um uh, Mike Nesmith, um, the Smothers brothers, uh Bob Dylan, of course, uh Donovan, all these people that meant so much to me. And I have been in the situation where I get to sit. You know, I I, Martin Mull is a friend. Nez was a good friend of mine. And uh, you sit with these people and say, you know, they they talk directly to my 12-year-old brain. Yeah. You know, and I was saying to Dickie, I was saying, you know, um, I think it's impossible to see because uh, uh, the differences are so profound. But I feel all the time that I'm doing a Tommy Smothers impersonation. Right. Almost all of Espanol is a Tommy Smothers impersonation. Right. Um, but we have no looks in common. We have no style in common. My voice is so incredibly different. Yeah. And the jokes are so different. I don't think anybody would say, oh, Penn's just doing a Tommy Smothers bit. But that's what Espanol is. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and Teller's essentially playing Dickie. Yeah. You know, it's really, uh, it's really like that. And to have someone that important to me was—he uh, also looks great. He's eighty-five years old, and he's in really great shape, and he's happy and vibrant, and it's a great thing to see. Does he? Is he? Is does he still perform at all? I think they did a few little shows. They did a little something at the um, at the uh, Jamestown James James. Whatever Jamestown. the Jamestown, yeah, the uh, the uh, uh, comedy place there, yeah. But I think he mostly plays golf, and he said a really, really beautiful thing. He said when his family used to take drives, 
they used to always, he said there was nothing else to do in the car. You just had to look out the window. And he said he and Tommy would always look out, and there's this little old guy who he said was just like hitting golf balls. And as their car drove by, he'd like look up and wave, this little old man. He said, we always laughed about that little old man. And he said, time has gone by, and now I'm that little old man. I wave to people who are going by as I'm working on my golf shots. Wow. And it was just one of the most beautiful things that he saw himself as the guy they made fun of and how much fun they had with that. That was him now, and he was totally okay with it. Wow. Not okay with it. He, that's what he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not, just it, is. A, a, level, a level above okay with. Yeah. Just was. Presently existing as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was great. And we, you know, uh, uh, it was a... Uh, it was a fun tour. You know, I actually get more rest, more relaxation on tour than I do at home. I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I laugh because I, I, if I had two little breaks in our, in our Foolish tour, I rushed home to see my kids. Uh-huh. And when I was home, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm being pulled in a thousand directions. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I go back on the road. When you're on the road, you have singular purpose. Yeah. You, just, you you're, show up at this place and do that. And if anyone asks what you're doing, I am over here doing this thing. And yeah. everyone goes, oh, you're yeah. doing that thing. Like, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can just kind of have singular purpose on the yeah, road. Yeah, we were on a, we, were, we took a four-hour bus from Windsor yeah. uh, to Niagara Falls. And it was just on a bus. You know, we always promise we're going to get uh, a cannonball run. Yeah. And we've only done that once on a on a Penn Teller tour bus, Nathan Santucci brought Cannonball Run, and we watched that on the screens <laughs> because, you know, uh, essentially the Penn & Teller crew are, are Cannonball Run guys. Yes. You can tell that. Vibe comes off them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we I got in, and I went out and had a nice Italian meal with Zeke. Nice. And uh, we went and saw the, um, the falls. Now, here's what. The woman wasn't giving us a lot of facts. It wasn't okay. a whole two. She's very, very nice. She's very sweet. And she said one-fifth of the world's fresh water goes over that dam. <laughs> and I went, wow. And I went, wow, what? What? <laughs> now, does she mean a day? No. No. Does she mean a week? Annually? A year? But if you go long enough, isn't it 100%? I mean, isn't that how water works? It like evaporates and it goes through trees and then it goes in the groundwater system, then it comes back up? 100% of the water going over those falls was once rain and condensation. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. In geological time. Yeah. And she said that to several people and they all nodded. And that, you know, that happens to me a lot. Everybody nods and I'm going, uh, uh, and I don't, I don't, I can't formulate what's wrong, but a fifth of the fresh water goes over these falls. That's not a complete thought. That's not a complete notion. <laughs> Hypothesis is lacking intent. And then, uh, you can go one of, you go one of the tunnels and it's beautiful because the maid of the mist boat is going there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, and you see rainbow, perpetual rainbow. And that's all very nice. And you get sprayed, give you a little, uh, a poncho. It is the wettest falls there, uh, uh, on earth. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> One fifth of all the wetness comes off those falls. 
And then you can go down the other tunnels, the real Hamas tunnels, right? <laughs> deeper, deeper in. Yeah. And uh, she said to us, which I really loved, she said, um, you can go in and see the falls uh, from the other side, from inside, from underneath the falls. She said, but it's, it's really just seeing water from the other side. Just giving up the gig. You can't do that. You can't do the quiet part out loud. So, you know, Teller said, yeah, I want to see that. I'm going, it's just going to be water from the other side. So we go through this tunnel and it's it's thunderous, you know, the noise. And there's just, you're looking out a hole, about an eight foot diameter hole. And it's just water. That was it. You can't stick your hand in or anything? No, I think it would rip your hand off. Right. And then I went and I did something I never, ever do. I went to the gift shop and I bought shit. You never do that. I never do that. Was Glenn there? Yes. Okay. Glenn Glenn was just gobsmacked. (laughs) Gobsmacked. I bought like a coffee cup and a bag and stuff like that. And just like, what am I doing? Am I, am I out of my fucking mind? bad habits you picked up at the Dillon Museum. Yeah, it is. Exa- <laughs> right, exactly. You, you exactly nailed it. I never bought anything at a gift shop till I bought everything at the Dillon Center. <laughs> and now I just go, oh, that's what I do now. I buy shit. But the nice thing is I don't have to do anything with it. Right. I just say this, 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 and this, and then it goes on the truck. And it yeah. comes back to Vegas, and then someone puts it in my car. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to do anything. That is nice. But what I don't like is buying something in a gift shop and then having to hold it in my hand. <laughs> you know that I've actually, I've, I should confess this, but it's true. I've actually gone to like Tower Records in Times Square yeah. and bought a CD I really wanted, you know, back in the yeah, yeah. 90s, bought a CD I really wanted, and I'm carrying that CD and I realize I got to meet someone for dinner and I got to do something else and do something else. And then I just take the CD and I would just put it down. <laughs> just say, fuck it. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the world CD now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back around when a fifth of the CDs go through that tower of records. When I first started dating my wife, uh, she'd always want to take extra food home from the restaurant. Oh, and then we would be doing things like after, like go to like dinner and then a movie or whatever. Yeah. And so she'd be like, can we get a box for that? I'd be like, well, now I'm going to carry this box of food to the movie theater. And then I'm going to carry, like, I'm going to carry this around. Yes. <laughs> and so. Do you take food after you go to a restaurant? Ready? Sometimes. Oh yeah. I, I never do. Never. Yeah. And never have. Yeah. Never have. Well, I'm for me, mostly because I, eat all my food yeah but uh she's a petite lady but i would uh excuse myself to go to the restroom after paying the check or whatever yeah and then she would come meet me at the front and she would forget the food and i would know it oh yeah yeah and i would not say a word yeah that's just sitting down the movie like oh we forgot our food like oh no we did oh Oh, geez i guess i was thinking about something else like how i wouldn't have to carry the food Yeah, I used to try tying stuff to my belt, you uh, know, just, uh, yeah. And I'd also, uh, it's, I, I don't know. I, 
it's good food. It's appetizing. You yeah. wanted it there. It'll feed you everything else. But why not just be over full and sick there? <laughs> <laughs> Carry it inside you. <laughs> like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone who, uh, like someone who has someplace else to be. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I uh, want to thank uh, Brooke Burke. I did so good. Yeah, she's so. And I'll tell you, we're going to stick. We're going to stick her gorgeous ass in all sorts of things. Yes. If you if we get another season, if CW's listening, oh sorry, but if CW's <laughs> listening and they want to give us another season, yeah. we'll be taking that very attractive body and throwing it in everything. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, <laughs> shoot, I'm blanking on the name. What? Who's the guy with the blonde hair? Uh, does all the Mac took over his showroom. Oh, 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 Hans Clock. Hans Clock. Hans Clock. We'll be like Hans Clock <laughs> pushing pushing Brooke's ass into one box after the other. Hey, put it in there, Brooke. Put it over here, She's Brooke. She's gone. She's over here. She's, She's over here. Back no, here. Back here. Back here. <laughs> Hans Clock. Is he ever is he working still? Oh yeah, yeah. He just he left over the pandemic and went back to Europe, but he works all the time. Oh, good. good yeah, yeah. Good. I like Hans Clock. Yeah. If anything goes wrong, I could lose my life. He did that really yeah. dramatic monologue yeah, yeah. that fool us. Yeah. Uh, and also, but really dramatic, but still with a little bit of a wink. Yeah, no, understood that he was doing it for magic purposes and not for great. Yeah, he's a great performer. I love Hans Klopp. Yeah, Hans Klopp. But that yeah. statement is always true, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of salt in my diet. So while I'm doing this next card trick, I could die. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe we'll do that next year on Fool Us. Yeah, I'll say I have uh, high blood pressure, yeah. and tell her she's had a quadruple bypass, yeah. and we'll sit there eating pastrami sandwiches, then do a card trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to finish this card trick a certain amount of time, and your medication could be at the end of the table. Yeah, like, no, I think I think even more, even just just very dur- You yeah. know, the things you choke on most. You know, this lobster. And filet mignon are the two biggest choking risks because people shove it down. <laughs> With such furor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you also know that many, 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 uh, percentage-wise, die at, like, weddings and stuff because, you know, guys who are uh, have trouble and are watching their diet a little bit, yeah. you know, their daughter's getting married. Don't give a shit. No. So they eat, like, five lobsters and just keel over. Oh. So maybe you'll be able to die at your uh, uh, son's wedding. I mean, honestly, they'd be like, typical dad, taking all the attention. <laughs> Couldn't even give me one day, huh, dad? Yeah, no, you got to take all the attention. <laughs> anyway, that was Penn Sunday School brought to you, brought to you by Masterclass. And remember, we told you how great Masterclass is. You know how you want to be a member, but you also know how you want your friends and family to be members. And the holiday season, there is such a great, great deal. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash pen. Right now, you can get two, two, two memberships for the price of one, one, one at masterclassclassclass.com slash pen, pen, pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Offer term supply. I was reading. I forget it was my own name. That was Pen Sunday School. Brought to you by Masterclass. Cha cha cha. You become naked. Oh,
there was anybody in my life I was set up to not like, it was Brooke Burke. <laughs> and I just love it. Did you notice she was even talking some spiritual stuff? Yeah. And I didn't say, fuck you. Yes. It's kind of went, yeah, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we love you. Hey, Matt Donald, you got anybody to thank? I do. I want to thank the following people who support us on patreon.com slash pen. Find folks like, we need a Harry the Girl Edition on the podcast. And is that not written by Harry? No, it is. Don Dottie, Kevin Burke. David McLaughlin, Old Bear Greg, Charlie Sheets says trans rights, no shit Sherlock, and Shelley Ruger, Timothy Carver, Jenny loves Penn like Penn loves Dylan, Stephen Bracegirdle, Bracegirdle, I think, yeah, I'm saying, sure, Brace, it's a good name, Bracegirdle, wouldn't have put the coins back in the jar, <laughs> <laughs> Coach Rad Bastard, Emery, the extra long shoreman, Will Jason, Dave on a finger, your cunt Brenner, Tristan Connett, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, Soapy Fresh, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Ryan, Krista Hatchaby, Luke McKinney, Danny Insert Meta Joke Here Ruse, Little Mandar, Mikey Fresh, how much red whip could ready rich whip if ready rich could? And then I guess cut, it's cut off. <laughs> uh, Joe Bathar Bowers, Adam Stickney, Nathan Julian, Jeremy in Shanghai, Christopher Harris, Petty Officer Scoop, Daniel, it takes courage for a man to admit that his wife is wrong. <laughs> William Wangerin, David Kay, Shane Brevik, Blue Drinks Film says clear your cookies, baby. Brandon Knapp and Nick Dingman. Thank me so much. You know, um, Norman Beck sent me a joke. Oh, yeah? Yep. Norman Beck sent me this joke. It made me laugh. A uh, guy comes home from the hospital. He's been visiting his mother-in-law. And he says uh, he says to his wife, uh, so uh, uh, your mother is going to be fine. She's getting discharged from the hospital very, very soon. And she'll be healthy. And she can live with us in our guest room for the next uh, five years, ten years, maybe longer. And the wife says, wow, I, I was just there talking to that doctor yesterday, and he said she had like 24 or 48 hours to live. And the husband goes, yeah, but I was there. He said, prepare for the worst. 